I want to welcome everyone. My name is Ethan Tucker. I serve as Rosh Hashiva here at Machon Adar, and so delighted to have everyone here for our Yom Iyun 2017. Um, so welcome. <laughs> um, there is such a wonderful uh, array of people here in the room, uh, and I want to just call attention to, to some of the subgroups who are here. Uh, first of all, the over 40 full-time summer fellows who anchor this Beit Midrash day in, day out, who are here for a period of two months, uh, are really uh, part of making this a Makom Torah, a space of learning that's open to the entire community. For this entire week, we have 50 people uh, who are here as part of our executive seminar week, uh, who have really uh, made this building uh, burst at the seams, uh, with learning and enthusiasm, and it, they've come from all over the country, and it's been a very inspiring week. And here, right in the middle of that week, we're delighted to welcome, over the course of the day, another 100 people uh, who are joining us to be uh, a part of today's learning. And I want to specifically also acknowledge uh, members of the board of Machon Hadar who are here today, uh, David Gilberg, uh, John Lopatin, Harmon Grossman, uh, Elisa Doktoroff, Vicki Abrams, uh, Sally Mendelson and Debbie Bonin, we're so delighted uh, to have you all here and to have this uh, rich of a learning community. So I want to kick off our topic today, uh, which we're going to spend many hours on in depth together, uh, by saying that it is not a good time for God. Um, and that is on several levels. On the most basic level of, do we believe in God? Is God something people feel they can talk about with a straight face? Is God the most compelling character with which to anchor the story of human history? We are in a moment where uh, a new atheism, a robust naturalistic explanation of the world, uh, is perhaps in a more aggressive posture than it has been in recent times. And voices like those of Dawkins, Dennett, Harris, and others have really emerged as some of the strongest and most compelling uh, philosophical explanations of the world today. Um, the notion of whether we should talk about God at all is not just a feature of uh, general spaces, uh, where it is very robust, but Jewish ones as well. Uh, one of the things I think we can see across the Jewish landscape is a reticence or a nervousness of can I talk about God uh, without losing half the room, without losing three quarters of the room? Uh, is this a sort of uh, third rail, in a way, of Jewish preaching and teaching uh, that will enable us uh, essentially make the coalition of Jewish life fall apart? Um, it's, I think, particularly, I'm in the middle now of uh, Yuval Noah Harari's books, uh, Sapiens, and the later one, Homo Deus, and uh, you know, one of the things he talks about very powerfully in those books is the ways in which you know, he's sort of aggressively advancing a theory of the role of God in human life. That's really nothing more than a tool that human beings have used in order to create coalitions of people who can come together and do things and organize societies. Um, and therefore, when you live in an age where it feels that in many contexts, actually, God gets in the way of building coalitions and bringing people together, uh, it is indeed a difficult and not good time for God. 
But even if we posit God's existence and we start from a place of taking for granted that God is, uh, is a part of our world, another challenge is the feeling that I think much of the world has right now, which is that God-intoxicated people are a threat rather than an asset. Uh, the sense that we live in this moment, which is a sort of shocking reversal uh, from where I think we were for much of the 20th century, which was the notion that it was the secular ideologues who were unhinged, and it was the people who spoke about God and who were grounded in religion who could be relied on to bring some degree of moderation uh, and responsibility to the topic at hand. Uh, and if anything, much of the zeitgeist today, for many, uh, sees things exactly the opposite. Uh, Rabbi Menachem Ameiri, writing in 13th, 14th century Provence, could say without any irony that perhaps contemporary Gentiles shouldn't have any of the laws of the Talmud that talk about Gentiles in civil law and other areas apply to them, because after all, they were people of religion. And they were people who were bounded by the norms of religion, and therefore were decent people you could rely on and build a society with. That is not a sentence that I think many people today would say with the same self-confidence uh, or lack of irony. And even for those of us who continue to live with God on a daily basis, uh, we can't always understand what that relationship is supposed to be like. Uh, we experience so many different things around God, it's not even clear what it is we should be talking about or thinking about when we invoke God's name and God's presence. And here I'll share a, uh, a Midrash, which is well known to many uh, from the Midrash Tanhuma, which already indicates this anxiety around God and God's varied and unstable presence in our life. It's a text that is reflecting on why do the Ten Commandments begin with the phrase, Anuchi Hashem Elokecha, I am the Lord your God. Isn't it kind of obvious if a disembodied voice is speaking from above a mountain with bolts of lightning and thunder all around that it is God speaking to you? Why the need for an introduction? I am the Lord your God. And the Midrash says, Lama Neemar, why did this need to be said? God appeared at the sea like a warrior fighting a battle. Niglal Har Sinai Kisofer Melamed Torah. God appeared at Mount Sinai as a scribe teaching Torah. Near Allah Shlomo Kibachur in the days of Solomon, as we see in the poetry of the Song of Songs of Shira Shirim, God appeared as a young man. Venir Allah Daniel Kizaken. And God appeared to them in the time of Daniel, in a vision described in that book, as an old man. So God says to the people, don't think that just because you have seen me in all these different forms, I am multiple. I am actually many different images of many different things. I am the same who was at the sea and the same who was at Sinai. I am the one single indivisible Lord your God. Now that Midrash on some level is playing out at its heart the anxiety around feeling that perhaps God is not one or not coherent or our experiences of God at different points in our own lives and in Jewish history do not add up to a coherent picture. 
the Sinai moment, the revelation, is supposed to, in some way, tie together those disparate pieces of our experience, but it names that disparate nature nonetheless. So in light of all this, whether we're sure God even exists, whether God is a positive force in the world, whether even if God is a given, we understand what to make of God, why do we come back to this topic? Why is this Yomi Yun, I would add, the one that more have attended, more than any other we've had over the course of the years? Um, because there is something about God that is simply an inescapable part of the Jewish story about the world. Though many have tried, it is not actually possible to be deep in the Jewish experience, in the context of Jewish prayer, in the context of Jewish learning, in the context of reading the Bible and all of our texts, and to avoid the topic of God, to avoid the personality and the force of God. And so even with all of those questions, I think the reason all of us are here today for one reason or another is we are stuck with this issue, we are stuck with these questions, and we've got to find a way to work through them one way or another. And just as God appears in various places in various forms, I think we can safely say among the people in this room, the same answers, the same syntheses are not going to work for everyone. But we are all in a deep sense, I think, in this together. Independent of questions of belief and commitment, God remains a main, if not the main protagonist of the Jewish world. Uh, and the covenant between God and the Jewish people has always been the container in which we talk about our expectations of ourselves and of one another. So in kicking off this day, I of course want to say that we cannot promise you answers on any of that. <laughs> but here's what we can promise you. We can promise you good company, an extraordinary group of people here in the room to work through this uh, with one another together. We can promise you great teaching from a range of uh, instructors and scholars who really have thought about these issues and who are going to share their ideas with you and create a, a, a space for, for joint learning. And we can definitely commit to the idea that we will emerge from this day knowing more than we began it with. And that itself is something significant in, in addition to ideally creating a shared language between us of how to talk about these issues.